0: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. As I mentioned in the last podcast, I am looking for you creative types who are coming to the Theology in the Raw conference next spring to submit a design for the conference t-shirt. All the info is in the previous podcast if you want to hear me explain more about what we're looking for, but you can submit your designs to Chris. At theology That's C-H-R-I-S at theolynara.com. Submit your designs by November 26th. And we will have a final selection of the um, of the design by early December. If you are if you make it to the top three designs for the conference t-shirt, then you will get free access to the conference here in Boise next year. And if you make if you're if your design is selected as the final design, then you get access to the conference, get access to the after party on Friday night, and also get access to my home where we're going to have a meal together with a few other invited guests. So again, all the info is in the show notes. If you want info on the conference, the theology in the raw exiles in Babylon conference, go to pressandsprinkle.com. All right. My guests, guests plural today are Cameron and Jess. I, don't know Cameron and Jess uh, apart from an email exchange and this podcast. So yeah, yeah, Cameron reached out to me a few weeks ago, thanking me for my ministry and told me a bit of a story. Um, he is a male to female back to male, formerly trans-identified same-sex attracted Christian um, who has been a pastor and a chaplain. And he's married to a female to male back to female, formerly trans-identified bisexual christian so yeah let's just say i was beyond curious to hear more about their journey and they turns out they are just a delightful couple and i had such a wonderful conversation with both cameron and jess so welcome to the show for the first time the one and only cameron and jess Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I'm here with uh, two, I'm just going to say, new friends. We just barely met, but we met a few uh, weeks ago via email. So uh, Cameron and Jess, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we start? um, And I don't, you guys can handle this however you want. Whoever wants to start or if you want to just kind of go back and forth, just tell us your story. Tell us who you are, because it's uh, a rather unique journey, I think, (laughs) you two have been on.
1: Um, I think for me, the journey begins when I was younger, um, as a child, um, our family my family is very faith based and, um, my mom is actually a bastard. Um, but when I was a child, I was, uh, molested for several years by, um, two cousins, a guy and a girl. And, um, that led to just like years of questioning and that kind of thing um, the dynamic for me was I had a Samuel experience. And so I heard the voice of the Lord when I was very young and knew that I was called to lead, but not like all the other pastors in a church setting. Um, and the Lord was just like, I love you. I love you. And I always want you to know that. And so for my whole life, um, through all the molestation, through all of the, you know, questioning of identity and sexuality and, you know, everything. I always knew that the Lord loved me no matter what, you know, and growing up in the church is like a very taboo thing. We don't talk about sexuality or gender. And I always, um, was have uh, always been a very soft, uh, guy, very soft in nature, very, thin, small frame, not macho, not hyper-masculine, and that I didn't know how to express my lack of masculinity like everyone else, I didn't know how to express that through the the person that I was, and so Mm -hmm. it was very difficult. Um, Still, (laughs) ended up going to ministry school, Um, got ordained and still questioning, um, actually got married to a guy, um, and, uh, just recently divorced actually. Um, and all of this like was over the past 10 years of just like rapid, like intensity of like identity, just like overload of like i just gave up i was like i prayed god you didn't answer like everyone has been praying this like take this away prayer i don't want to be gay i don't want to be this and i was like that just isn't working for me and i can't just turn off my feelings and my thoughts because it's just not how that works and so for me um i just got in with the crowd felt, you know lgb is very loving. Uh, everyone knows the the motto, you know, love is love, right? Um, and that community is so very much self loving and self like protecting when you're family is very much family when you're like wrapped in that group. And so with that came the getting their customs and getting, you know, what this is what this looks good on you and that looks great on you. And um, I found myself like in this process of discovery. Of trying to discover myself, I was losing more of who I was as a person. Um, And kind of being swayed this and that way, because it fit. If it's stuck, then it mess. That means it fits, right? If it sticks, mm-hmm. then it fits, which is not, it's not truth. Um, <laughs> But I didn't understand that because I didn't have a revelation of who I was. And I had been praying for that for years, and I never got it. And I don't necessarily think it was that I wasn't praying for it. I think it was I wasn't praying and asking the right questions. Um, and so I, you know, stating guys, and um, I was, you know, I was a modern-day Rahab. <laughs> I was a whore. <laughs> I was a four. <laughs> That's just fruit. Um And at the same time, I still had this love for God. So, like, yeah. how do I reconcile yeah. that? Um, real,
0: quick, real quick, Cameron, when you uh, – it seems clear, you know, your, your sexuality, you were attracted to – Guys, when you say identity, were you were you wrestling with like gender dysphoria or even like gender identity questions as, as well on top of that?
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. all on top of that, and okay. um, I think for me it didn't. I didn't start transitioning until like 2013. I just okay. left my first uh, boyfriend, and you know, got into like you know looking flawless. You know, so I gotta wear makeup because I gotta look good, right? And then I got into the clothes, like, oh, well, I can't fit normal guy clothes, so I can just wear girl clothes. And we're going to the club, so, like, got to throw on some heels and, you know, yeah. jazz up. And it just it just became one thing after another until you know, the past couple of years. A, a couple of years ago, I was on hormones. And, like, I was completely identified as a female, and I was comfortable. Like, I am a very much a powerhouse person powerhouse personality and the thing that was the thing that everyone always questioned especially in the church because I never stopped going to church never stopped doing ministry I mean I did after a couple years ago probably eight I was really burned in a church and I hadn't quite made the decision to jump off the cliff as far as like transitioning Um, but I did once that church like hurt me Mm -hmm. um, and another leader um, in a prayer ministry we, were just, we just believed in the power of prayer and like, again, still wrestling with this identity and gender and sexuality, but I still recognize that God is real and has been involved in my life. And so flash forward, like I'm on hormones and I am you know, living my best life as a woman, um, successful with business, company, job, and I'm happy. But, but, like, at the, the back of my head, I'm like, I really don't think I should be doing these hormones. Mm. So this little small voice. And I just shunned it out, thinking that was just like my, my freaking out mode of like, I'm doing something really different. And um, it was, I felt good. I was happy. I looked in the mirror and I looked happy. Um, mm. But. Um, it was just like something just slightly off, just enough to notice on the inside. But I was good. You know, I looked the way I wanted to look. I finally fit into this frame that I and I could have a a, a body now that looks like the way I can express myself as a person. Mm. Um, and I met this dog groomer who... <laughs> um, and um, I'm walking in and you know, sunglasses on, on the phone, you know, that a little rude, total yeah. rude person little
0: rude. <laughs> looking fabulous, though. Right? I was
1: on a phone call, so I could not be interrupted. And um, I met Jess and was like, in the back of my mind, I'm like pretending to like I'm still on the phone call, but I'm like, not really listening to the phone call, I'm like looking at this hot smoking at the time was a dude and I'm like wow what a hunk <laughs> <laughs> um and so we start talking and um Jess wasn't um wasn't in, wasn't a christian at the time and I was like well we got to fix this cuz I'm a pastor and I can't be dating a not christian
2: <laughs> i um this is Jess i I actually grew up in a very like religious Church of Christ household, southern Tennessee, uh, Sunday oh, yeah? church once or twice a day, Wednesday night church, so like two or three times a week kind of deal. Um, and I struggled with faith for quite a while when I was a child, like even five to 13 years old, um, just never really feeling like I fit in, feeling a little out of place. i always been maybe a little awkward, you know, got on with dogs and cats as friends versus like children my age because I was a little awkward, um, tomboy growing up. But I think I got baptized in the Church of Christ when I was twelve or thirteen. But by the time I was fourteen or fifteen is when I just kinda ran away from the church, denounced my religion. I was identifying as a lesbian in high school but dressing very masculine. Okay. And I think I was probably 22, maybe 23 when I started taking testosterone. And then I didn't stop taking testosterone until October of last year. I'm 30 now.
0: So. Wow, okay. So. so I was
2: on it for a while. Um, I had a thick red beard. Uh, I was very confident in myself. I was, I was happy living as a man. Yeah. But meeting Cameron, it something stirred in me to stop trying to like, because I went through uh, many different religions, just trying to search for like a, a peace. Really, I was searching for peace. Everything from Wiccan to Buddhism to Hinduism, uh, just always searching and never quite feeling at rest. But when I met Cameron something stirred in me and i i started out by just uh logging in online to watch this church that somehow captivated his at the huh. time her uh, attention so it's like well if this person is so interested and gung-ho about it then i i want to find out what it what it's about
0: so going Can to that like, what church what, what church is it was it a church we'd recognize or no
2: um, um i don't know it's belonging co they're here in nashville
0: oh i know they're belonging yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah, they they have a big online too yeah yeah Yeah. they didn't ever preach that you know being lesbian or being trans they never preached that that was not a sin but they always preached of love and acceptance and it's really not our place to judge so just hearing those truths
0: and still feeling loved was a big deal for me real, real quick i would i would just get clarity this is i'm <laughs> i'll probably have lots of questions that i'm trying to like grab a hold of one and um Sorry. so cameron when you first meet jess you were um a, i mean a trans woman yeah and but you were also a pastor at that time still yeah Mm -hmm. at what kind of church and did they like i can you explain that to me a little bit you're (laughs) so
1: um i did not i have been serving in different churches um i have held the uh, chaplaincy at a rehab center for five years now um but and (laughs) this is the funny part um i would strip myself as neutral as possible gender wise to not draw attention to that um I knew
2: that it would be a conflict to the people group, And it, but it's their elderly rehab center in the south. Yeah.
1: So I guess yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh,
1: but okay. it was, you know, the the person that over the I guess how the elder um, of that center. Um, he actually used to chaplain for uh, 25 years and passed the baton to me when he met me. And some questions were brought to him, but he was like he even said, he's like, you're anointed and you're called. And whereby, as I may not agree with everything that you're doing, I will still defend that the truth is in your heart and it will come out. And he was like, you know, he's like, I love you and I'm going to keep shepherding you because um, I never preached anything against the Bible. But um, yeah. I, 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 even when I've been questioned with that in the past, I always declare that you know I believe the Bible is inerrant and it's truth. Yes. And until the revelation of what it is that is my life isn't lining up with that area, yeah, it's highlighted to me. And when that has happened, I will change. But until okay. that happens, I'm gonna remain where I'm at as okay. on my journey.
0: So I want to go. Oh, thank you for that clarification. I just it's fascinating. <laughs> um, uh jess so um you said you were happy living as as a guy I mean, i'm up until a year or so ago is what was it about meeting i mean cameron or just in your own heart that led to a shift for you to want to i guess detransition back to female
2: well leading up to there was one specific night um but leading up to it, we had had some just in passing comments to each other of we would love each other no matter what we presented as or what we were doing in our lives. We would still mm-hmm. love and identify with each other. But there was honestly just one specific night where overnight we were just dead asleep. And then maybe around 2 or 3 a.m., we both woke up and it was just on our hearts. Like the Lord wow. here had spoken to us and it was just like a, a piece of we're going to, Stop taking our hormones and just kind of accept ourselves as we were before, but different because we've also, of course, had many life experiences that have always changed us for the better. Right. But it was literally an overnight experience.
0: That's so, I mean, it's straight, it's kind of one of those just unmediated encounters with God. I've heard other people share similar stories where it's like there really was no thing. It wasn't like this profound dissatisfaction with transitioning or whatever. It was really just a movement of God <laughs> in our... It, it, um, did you, I guess for this goes for both of you, I'll start with Jess. Did you have like severe gender dysphoria um, growing up and did transitioning take that away and now de-transitioning? Did it come back or can you talk to us through that? And I'm, um, Cameron, I would love to hear from you as well.
2: So I definitely struggled with like self-image, self-love, actually, I had a loathing for myself and, like, the female body that I was given, just never feeling comfortable, not wanting clothes to even, like, touch me, Um, like, the anxiety and depression that I went through as, like, high school and, like, even middle school and my early 20s. It was crippling, honestly. It was very crippling. Um, And dressing as a man gave me a confidence that I didn't know was possible. And in the detransition, or we've been saying re
0: okay, Back,
2: yeah. <laughs> We can't go back to what we were, but we're you know something new that God has shown us. But uh-huh. as the woman I am now, it, it has been hard, like changing wardrobe and like trying to find my femininity again. Because I, I cut that off and severed it so long ago. Um, uh-huh. It's definitely been a journey that hasn't always been easy. But I, I still have sure. peace in my heart.
0: Okay, is is the is the dysphoria just as intense now as it was ten years ago or whatever, or is it less? Or
2: it's definitely less. I think it's different more so than anything. I uh, I'm dealing with some opposite actually because being on hormones for six or seven years, like my voice has forever changed, and I I did go through like a double mastectomy, so like removing my everything. Uh so it's like I want to feel comfortable in this female body, but the things I've done in my past too have mm. kind of put up a barrier. So mm-hmm. just trying to navigate that I think has been difficult. Gloria wow. yeah, I think is is different now. I don't okay. want to say better or worse, but it's different. And I do think easier and better because I have God and Jesus to turn to now and I actually I can actually feel it in my heart for the first time in my yeah.
0: life and I wonder I mean being with Cameron it's got to be I don't I mean I, I again I don't know you either of you more than the half hour ago but like to have somebody else so close to you that knows very much what you're going through you know like that's that, that's got to, and both of you centering your life on Jesus, and obviously there's challenges, but that I, I can imagine, I would have guessed that that's got to be pretty comforting and helpful too.
2: I honestly know in my heart that if the Lord hadn't brought Cameron and I together in our lives at that point in our lives, I wouldn't be where I now. Wow,
0: yeah. If
2: Cameron hadn't been in the position he was in before and I hadn't been in my position, we would have just been two ships passing in the night. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, oh. I used to, there have been moments where it's like, oh, if only I had met Cameron before I transitioned, then, you know, I could have <laughs> skipped all that, you know, uncomfortable uh, life experiences. Yeah. Well, it took those experiences to yeah. bring me where I am now.
0: That's the journey God had you on, right? Yeah. You can always look back and almost want a different journey, but you wouldn't be who you are. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, each each journey's there for a reason thank you both for your honesty and just yeah it's it's yeah thank you for just being so vulnerable um yeah cameron how about you with the dysphoria question like was it intense before did it go away after transitioning and now retransitioning? what's it been like
1: um so since i was young i've always um like always wanted to like be in my mom's heels and Um, you know, prance around and like, I didn't like sports. And so like, I didn't want to be, or do all the typical, like guy things like, and then with being molested for years, like I didn't really want to be around guys Mm because I was uncomfortable and still trying to grapple with the fact that like something has happened. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right, but it happened. So now, you know, my awareness is sparked in a whole nother area. And so like, yeah, play with lipstick, I would sneak off and go do that. And it was comfortable. It was fun putting on long shirts so that they were past my, you know, thighs like, oh, this is a dress. I look great. Like, I'm hot. Like, I feel so happy with this. And um, not that I am a very superficial person, um, but like image is a huge cornerstone of me as a person from what I'm wearing to the way my hair looks to everything. And so it made it easier to express, like, I, I get to, you know, I think I was talking to my mom not long ago. It's like, you know, it's when I was younger, the things I gravitated to, I remember distinctively, like in kindergarten. The thing I liked the most was playing with blocks and the kitchen. I loved the kitchen set. And little nuances of my personality were was mistaken, mistaken I feel like, and manipulated by the enemy. Um, into, you know, confusing me because you're a kid. Like I did, wasn't thinking like, oh, I should be a girl. But the certain conversations that were thrown in past made me think in question. And well, if I, I don't look like you, so I must be this way. I have to be this way because I relate more to you. And so years of that, you know, for my whole life of just, you know, I'm a woman. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out, how I'm going to fix this. And, you know, just realizing like, oh, there's, you know, makeup can only go so far and so can, you know, squeeze it into clothes. And, you know, another thing is, you know, common is taping, you know, taping parts of my body to fix, you know, what I don't want to be what I want to be. Mm. And, you know, when I met Jess, I hadn't been on hormones Um I had started because Jess told me how easy it was.
2: Actually, helped that process
1: start. And um, I was nervous when I first met Jess because I was like, "This is a trans um, person, and I don't think that they're going to accept me because I haven't publicly identified yet." Even though, like, you meet me and I looked like a woman, Um, and I told Jess my my story and my heart, and I was like, "I really think I want to do this." and just took me to get the hormones and I got them and I was like oh my gosh I'm really doing it now like I'm a hundred percent this is it and my body was like reshaping so fast and uh-huh. like I just felt so complete I was like I've met the person of my life like I love them so much like we're doing our thing and we started going to church and like the anxiety of keeping up constantly as to mm-hmm. not be blocked is the term yeah. to not be blocked. Yeah very is very intense you know Mm -hmm. granted my circle had watched me transition for almost a decade it was the new people that i didn't want to know and like i've been going to the belonging for since 2017 2016 so this years i'm hearing the same message preached nothing has changed everyone is loved god has a path for you a journey for you you need to tap into it when he shows you obediently walk in that direction Preached the same thing that I've been talking about and reading my whole life. And like that October 5th night was like, you know, if anyone that's been, you know, in church or in worship in a worship session or something, and you feel that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit, the air is thick. <laughs> we what we like woke up like somebody rose us out of a coffin. Wow. I remember distinctively dreaming about us having the conversation. When I opened my eyes and we looked at each other and you just felt this intense room filled with love and um it was just this like vivid realization of who we were, how God's seen us and has always seen us. And it was just this, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It is okay. It was not I'm mad. I'm angry. Just look at this. Mm. And it was like we looked at each other. I was like, you know, Jess, so I was like, do you know what I'm thinking? And she was like, yes, and I was like, do you want to say it? And she was like, no. I was like, all right, I guess I'm really leading here, the family like. <laughs> and I was like, we have God wants us to follow this image that he's showing us of who we are. and like the next day, like we're cleaning out wardrobe and that was hard for me because like i had a 15 $20, wardrobe. Like, <laughs> wow. I could wardrobe give all these things away but we did we did i couldn't fit
2: them we so.
1: you know we i gave away things that you know um to other people who are trans who are just starting their journey and just like wow. they, they knew us they still know us you know mm-hmm. And they still love us. A lot of the community still knows who we are. We're still very close friends um, and pillars and church community and LGB community. And Mm. I have people reach out that were trans. We've known each other for a long time. Good friends. The thing was, is we don't understand. But the thing that was said was, you've always been the same with Mm. message of love and accepting people where they're at. And we don't understand. But we love you. Mm. And so we want to still be a part of your life. And when we went to Alex and Henry, our pastors, like I was nervous, one, because I was like, they're going to think we were frauds going to church one way and then changing and looking like completely different people. And the one thing my pastor, Pastor Alex said is, and I'll never forget it because it was like the most like mama thing a person could say. Uh, with Pastor Henry standing right there, it was, we've been praying for you, too. And we haven't known who you were for years. Wow. But we've been praying for you. And she's like, here you are. You know, you've done this. And it's just like, we are going to a church that loves people where they're at. And mm. that really
2: helps. The, door not, the doors aren't shut for anyone.
0: mm hmm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's so good. Real quick, so how long were you guys together um, as a trans couple? Because um, like, was it a few years or no, no? I would
2: say like eight to ten months.
0: Oh, yeah. and, the and then you had your kind of encounter, or and then both started. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: wait, when did you, when did you get married, or are you married? So we are we're in queue. <laughs>
1: um, I had to. Get the divorce final. Um, okay. Actually, wow. Yeah. Take ten, work. Tennessee yes. is not fun with legal work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're actually scheduled to uh, scheduled. We're actually on route to get married in November. Um, okay. This, uh, awesome. Yeah, next month.
0: Congratulations!
1: Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, it's been a rush for us, just like the changing, and um, yeah. we actually on top of all the changing, um, we got pregnant, and. <laughs> wow. December of last year, which is medically um, impossible, just
2: because of the hormones that was in our body. Right. Uh, typically, it like stuff going on. Too. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can't get pregnant. That you know, I'd probably have to get treatments to help because of past uh, medical as well as the hormones after so many years. So I was like, maybe in the future we can adopt.
0: But. Yeah, I didn't think. I thought after I've heard after. About two years of hormones. Um, well, maybe it's in most cases you're infertile after cases. that, or. Yeah.
2: But there are there are even some men, some trans men, that never stop taking testosterone, but then they get pregnant and then they have a baby as a man, and that does happen. Right. Um, yeah. I didn't think it would be possible for me because of um, like my cervix and like all that issues I had prior transition, and then. I just didn't think it was possible.
0: Yeah, at yeah.
2: That point for me, because it was actually hard for my mother to get pregnant as well. So like, okay. medical history, family history, and everything I've gone through, I was like, no, there's, there's no way. But I, right. I did have a family of Cameron. Actually, only a, a few months after I had met him, her at the time was like, I want to have children with this person.
0: So, wow. Yeah. So. And if I if I I just I I ask questions as they come to my head, and if I word things or if I'm too invasive or whatever, you guys sound like you're pretty open. I mean, you're you you are were both. I mean, same sex attracted is that right? And now you're both in an opposite. I mean, it, it, in as much as you want to talk, I mean, how has this your sexuality's been? How have you thought through that in in your terp, your just unique <laughs> relational like- journey?
2: When I was younger, I identified as lesbian, and then bi, and then I was a straight man, then a bisexual man, then a gay man, then a oh, bisexual wow. man, and you know, <laughs> I've been a little all over the board. Um, so I think I've always just loved who I was attracted to, so I okay. think my it was always just very fluid, like whatever the person is, they have the right qualities.
0: Okay.
1: That was not the same for me. Um, <laughs> I pretended to be straight, which
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I will joke at sometimes. Um, but I um, very much like identified as gay um, because I didn't really, like, really even understand the concept of like where I was going in my sexuality at all, um, and only like have ever dated guys. I mean, with the sprinkles of a few fake relationships with girls um but when i met um like i didn't think too much apart too much on the trans part um i was a man i was i saw a hot person and i was incredibly attracted to them and you know when it came to like you know the sexuality the sexual part if you will um that just kind of (laughs) worked itself out i guess it wasn't really Mm -hmm. a focus um But, I mean, it was just, this for the first time in my whole life, like, I've had butterflies, but Sparks it never. And our knees just
2: touched. On our first date.
1: On our first date. And it was just like the world stopped. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was just like this completed, like, thing. And the thing that was always confusing to me is, like, just the journeys that we've had and then... Like I think with Jess like just like what it, couldn't we have just avoided all of this like confusion and searching and lost and like pain and heartache and and it's just like but it has made us who we are today, you know? And like I I would not be where I'm at, you know, if it wasn't for Jess. And it's not been that long, but it feels like we've been together for decades.
0: Wow. Um you mentioned a couple of times, Cameron, that um I mean your your past, I, I I, I wasn't. I mean, when you emailed me, I wasn't aware of that part of your story. That that I I can't imagine what it would take to heal from being abused as a child like that. Um, can you speak to that? I mean, you you mention it very freely. Have you? How have you processed that? Healed from it? I mean, how, is it something you never quite heal from, or
1: it's been. Years at a time, of you know, I guess receiving healing with this part of it, healing with this part of it, healing with that part of it. Um, yeah. I think, um, in totality, I do forgive you know those two individuals, um, but I'm
0: gonna <laughs> <laughs> get
1: bottom, um, I've forgiven those people individually, but I. I don't want a relationship with them and I don't really want anything to do with them Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, where I'm at now. I, I feel free from thinking about that. It's something I can't talk about openly because it has happened and I refuse to like be bound by that. I think Mm -hmm. because I had an early, not pure um, interaction with sex, it caused me, to you know want to just be mischievous if you will just kind of find like searching to find the one person i click with like why is there no intense feeling like i feel passion but passion Mm -hmm. is different than uh, a bond and a connection and i you know it was frustrating to just person after person like it was like going through (laughs) like reusable reusable pencils or something like just this doesn't work, this one doesn't work, this one doesn't work, this one doesn't work. Like when I will find the right person and like it sucked because I always was left empty inside. And so when I did meet Jess, it was like when we when we started we started retransitioning, if you will, um I talked to Jess and I was like, look, there's moments where I'm present in our intimacy and there is just moments where I'm just not here and that is an after effect of just having so much sex with so many random people I don't know how to be present and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know feel like I'm not not here like I just feel like a device use me mm-hmm. and I just cried my heart out and we had several you know we've had our we've actually met with some pastors at our church and uh, we call them, like, Liberty Sessions, where we just let the Holy Spirit guide us into whatever he wants to show us about ourselves into freedom, and it was really intense. It was, like, the longest several hours of my life um, with Jez, mm-hmm. and we got to really, you know, even deeper, like, understand, like, where some of these hurts have come from, where some of these past pains, you know, happened, and um, it has helped me to now better communicate everything that I'm feeling, that it's okay, that this is my safe place. Um, Because for the first time, there's, you know, I've always looked at my heart as, like, I've always let people in so far. And for the first time, like, there's this person who walks right into the center of my heart, where Jesus lives, you know, and you get to know everything about me, because you'll never use it against me. And you'll always have arms loving open. And for the first time, like this is this is what it is to find a person who loves you like God. And wow. it's been amazing.
0: Wow! Wow! Gosh, that that's 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 unbelievable. I mean, that you would be able to forgive people that did that. I mean, obviously that is very clear in Scripture. Forgiveness is never, you know, not an option or never, <laughs> never an option. It's always something that is just part of the Christian life. But man, I mean. Easier said than done, right? I mean, that's, that's, wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, that's, I I know a lot of people listening, the percentages are really staggering how many people have gone through um, something like that and, and, and really sometimes haven't even worked through it or even admit it or just, it's been buried so deep down, it just hasn't been dealt with. So, um, your words, I'm sure, are encouraging to a lot of people. Um, I, I would love to talk about, uh, the church, how, how can the church reach trans people? <laughs> um, I heard you say, well, you said a couple times that the church, you know, they just, they did preach love. And it was that sense of, I feel like this church loves me. And that's what kind of drew me in. Maybe expand on that or just give advice to, I, you know, I talk to pastors all the time. I mean, just a couple days ago, I was at a church. Preaching on trans related questions and stuff and and uh you know really emphasizing this point that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, that we can have, you know, a a view on these things and we should. We should follow what the Bible says about it. I think our male and female identities are are important to God. And um, but man, if we're not being excessively loving and kind and, and just really desiring, not just being open to reaching trans people, but actually desire like we want like the more, the better, the more, you know, <laughs> um, and that's challenging for some pastors. Like, well, I don't know. Like, and there's always that tension of like, you know, if we love too much, we're going to sacrifice our convictions or whatever. Um, anyway, that, I mean, this is the world I live in trying to help pastors navigate this. We'd love to hear either of your thoughts, both of your thoughts really wow. on what advice would you give the pastors who are trying to, trying to truly embody, you know, Jesus to trans people.
2: Well, it's definitely not easy cuz you don't want to give up your convictions or anything. But one thing I think is important for us to remember is that God does say all sins are uh, seen equal in his eyes. And we all struggle with some kind of sin. Um so I I do think remaining loving and open like with your arms and your doors, not shying people away, um it's not our place to pass judgment, I don't know who's going to heaven or going to hell. We know what the Bible says, and that's something we should always be clear about. But remaining in Christ and working on your journey and listening to the Holy Spirit, I think, is the main thing that we need to focus on. But also, um, it's just it's a, a big deal when you go to a church and you don't feel loved. That's just going to push mm. people away and push people farther into their darkness uh, I think my experience like i like I mentioned before, being in like the southern church, it's very fire and brimstone they're all going to hell kind of deal and in my opinion we we don't know who's going to heaven or hell. we know that Jesus is the way to heaven, but mm focusing more on accepting them and showing, like, this is what the Bible says, but also knowing that the Bible also says to love everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a big part. And we may not see the revelation in their life. Um, You know, that could come after that person is out of your life, even. Mm -hmm. So don't just accept someone into your life and be like, okay, now I'm waiting, you know, just waiting for that revelation Mm -hmm. when you're That You you may not see it, but you can pray for them in your quiet place, too, Mm -hmm. to find truth and peace in Jesus and, like, the revelation Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. Because that's the only way that anyone's going to find change that will mean anything.
0: That's a great point. You may not see it right away. You may never see it, but if there's been a, a, you know, a seed planted or, you know, just that encounter with love can... Maybe even the person isn't I – mean, I remember, you know, there's – God does so many amazing things. Like like they may not even receive that well at the moment or even care about it, but they could be years later where they'll think yeah. back and say, wow, that – you know, like God can kind of do anything with that kind of encounter. Uh, Cameron, we'd love to hear – Pastor Cameron, would love, love to hear your thoughts as both, <laughs> you know, somebody receiving ministry from others, but also somebody who's been on the other side of ministry, you know, um, the pastoral side.
1: I – I've always felt, like, specific, like, to, you know, pertaining to my call, you know, like, that's, a, that's a, high, it's a high honor to lead God's people, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the word says that we're going we're gonna to be judged doubly. One, because mm-hmm. of the role that we carry. You're a mouthpiece for heaven. And so when you speak something wrong and you lead masses to, to hell or away from Jesus, you're mm-hmm. responsible for that. You know, and Mm -hmm. so that was always the like deconstruct for me is how do I like preach the gospel without tainting it with my own confusion that I'm personally going through in real time? Well, this is what the word says. I may not even agree with some of the stuff I'm talking about, but I know it's true because I met the person. I've Mm -hmm. met him. He's met me. You know, and so Mm -hmm. one day my my reckoning and run girling around will have some type of openness he always will reveal something at some point in time i think for the pastors of today and to the the ecclesia the church at large you know stop looking at people's lifestyles as a thing you have to change it is not your job your job is to is to teach the word of god and to make it practically happen within your communities and allow the holy spirit to move holy the spirit. way the way someone lives their life is no different from any other person of living and the, anything that keeps you anything that is an obstacle that is in between you and god is a sin period mm-hmm. period that doesn't matter what it is as whether it's gossiping whether it's you in bed with so-and-so or wrestling, if it's against the design of God's, the will of God for your life, and it is an obstacle keeping you from Jesus, that is sin, period. And we need Jesus. And to reach people means you just love them. It's not a hard concept to just love someone where they're at, respecting them where they're at. You know, I was never shunned. And I'm not saying that, you know, our the belonging is not perfect. No church is. Mm-hmm. And our pastors would happily say that. But what they are doing that I really appreciate and is why I've been going there before I got my revelation and why I will continue going there now that we have our revelation of who we are, is because there's a real change happening within lots of people there, you know, mm-hmm. with going and so that's that's just my that's my biggest grappling. It always has been especially from on the inside, looking on the outside, looking on the outside, looking in. Um, It's it's stop loving with just your words and love with your heart, because that's Mm. where Jesus is looking. And, you know, with us, we don't look at someone who's not living in the perfect design that God has for them, looking at them like, you're a sinner. You're going to burn. No, because, you know, the Lord showed me is it's never been about the sin his focus isn't on our sin. It's focused on your part. The first response when Adam and Eve took the bite of that apple was, Adam, what have you done? But where are you? Signaling that hmm. you are far and I want you close so I can show you more revelation. And hmm. when we, that's like, that's the whole precipice of any time I look at anything or minister or whatever. It's not what have you done so much. Yeah, he knows what Adam did. He's not. God is all knowing. It's where are you going? Come close so I can show you the truth because you're rolling around in these lies and all this, you know, pomp and circumstance around your headspace. And it's like when we, when we don't, as pastors, preach that message, you're pushing people farther away to figure things out on their own. And we're not meant to figure out things on our own. We're meant to figure out things with. God our creator because he is the one that has all the answers and he may not show us everything at once He may take years it may take a long time but as long as you step into the yes and the amen to Jesus and as he shows you things and you're obedient because that's another thing that is like for us is it's if we hadn't been obedient on that October 5th night and we had have said no we're not going to do that What was on the other side the next day might have broken us trying to live Mm. after seeing that revelation. Because it was truth that was revealed to us. And you can't unsee truth. Not about yourself. Not when he shows it to you. And so that's my my cry is, this is a new thing. You know, our churches even (laughs) said, like, this is new. We're all in (laughs) this together. But as God talks, we walk.
0: Yeah, that's so good. You you mentioned earlier too. I'm curious about that. You said you still have a relationship with a lot of LGBT people, the LGBT community. Because I've heard, I mean, I've heard other pe- friends of mine who, when they do, well, detransition or retransition, sometimes their LGBT friends or maybe the more their T friends see that as kind of a threat almost or like like they're turning their back on the community but you guys didn't really experience that is that is that right or has there been any kind of like a feeling like you you're betraying the community by living this next journey or
2: i have had some distance and some friendships but it wasn't my deep transition i think it was finding my walk with jesus again that kind of puts okay. me in them just because and it's they don't wish me any ill will or anything like that. It's just that we're focused on different things. You know, I'm not necessarily going to the bars and clubs I used to at one time, you know, so I think from my experience with those friends, it was just different scenes. So distance naturally grew. but other friends that we have, we still see on birthdays on a semi-regular basis, giving COVID restrictions and everything. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. We saw what is their
0: perspective? Does oh. say what what's their perspective of the church? Like when they hear you became Christians, are they like, what what comes in their mind when they're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on here?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, all of my circles of people have always known like I'm a Christian. That's not going to change. Okay. I just kind of tagged along with everyone, enjoyed my fair share of everything. Um, <laughs> everyone's at the place of. You know, they understand more so, um, they are not so so much understand, but respect where we are in our decision. We do not condemn any of our friends. We told them we love you all just as much as we did before. And, you know, we invite our friends to church, you know, because we know that the message isn't being preached. You need to change. The message is being preached. There's a God that loves you and come get to know him so he can show you some things. And you know, they they just I mean we still have wine we still have wine nights, we still, you know, they came to our our baby's baby shower, you know, like they're part of our world and we told them you're you're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you know, whether, you know, there's it's not so much an agreeing or a disagreeing. I just want every one of our friends to know Jesus. The rest of the work, whatever happens after that, that's between them in him but our my our job we feel is just to lead our friends to Christ the rest of the the rest of the work is on him as it has always been
0: <laughs> wow well we're coming up on an hour here i can't thank you enough for your time and your vulnerability your honesty and and your wisdom um yeah thanks so much for reaching out i, I was so blown away when i got i email I'm like I really need to talk to this couple. So, thanks for being willing to talk online here. Hopefully, the recording, I know we had some glitches at the beginning. And yeah, I hope the recording, it should work out fine, but uh, I'm excited for other people to hear your stories as well. So, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hey, friends, if you've been blessed, challenged, encouraged, or angered by this podcast, would you consider supporting it through Patreon? Dot com. That's patreon.com forward slash theology in the raw. All the info is in the show notes. You can support the show for as little as five bucks a month and get access to Q&A podcasts, um, monthly Patreon only blogs, and basically just get access to the community and help support this uh, ministry that we're doing at Theology in the Raw. Again, check out the show notes and consider supporting this show.